Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in the beautiful, the illustrious Studio B, and I'm here with my podcast partner. Podcast pastor. Podcast pastor partner. That's right. Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, glad pastor to be Nick. here. Yeah. I'm excited you're here. I'm glad to be here. I yeah. need it. Yeah. feeling much better. A little sinus pressure, but shoo. You know, last week we had a wonderful week oh of God. unleavened bread, right? Passover. Um, what a, just an anointed and blessed time we had. And then now we are counting the Omer. And so at the end, stay tuned because we're going to do the blessing and count the Omer. And I mean, if you want to be able to check that box for the day, then you can do it with us here. Amen. And so uh, announcements that we have going on. We have a special guest coming all the way from the land of Israel. His name is Shmuel Younger. He came, was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago yeah. he came. And so he's, uh, he's now a Beit Tehillah alumni, and we love and appreciate him. And That's his, right, connections with Israel and the Jewish people. Yep, and his friendship with us. And uh, he is with Christian Friends of Israeli Communities. And what this uh, ministry does, or what this group does, is they find all the things in the biblical heartland of Israel that need doing. Judea and Samaria. Right, and they give Christians Christians the, can give towards those projects. They give Christians the opportunity to give yeah, towards those projects. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Safety or security or uh, Well, sometimes medical, it's a playground. Medical, sometimes playground. it's a fence. Sometimes it's, it's really cool. You know, uh, a community center. It is awesome. They have all kinds of opportunities for people to give. And so what you can do is you can kind of peruse through the list of things and see, "Hey, I like this. I want to do I want to help out with that." And then you get to, you know, sign on and 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 give towards it. So, um, what a blessing those guys are and uh he'll be here April 19th uh for our Monday night tour Seven study. 7 o'clock. I do believe we'll be live streaming. Oh, sweet. Sweet. All right. So, this week we're back in the tour portions. Last week we did a special on unleavened bread, but this week we're back on our normal we are. scheduled tour portions and uh this week we're doing shmini. 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 <laughs> eighth. Shmini, which means eighth, that's right. It's the Torah portion found in Leviticus, starting in chapter 9 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 11 and verse 47. Very good. So uh, Ryan is going to be reading Leviticus chapter 9, verses 1 through 10, Aaron offers sacrifices. That's right. And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said unto Aaron, Take thee a young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord. And unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goats for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year without blemish, for burnt offering. Also a bullock and a ram for peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord and a meat offering mingled with oil for today the Lord will appear unto you. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar, and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people, and offer the offering of the people, and make an atonement for them, as the Lord commanded." Aaron therefore went unto the altar and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it upon the horns of the altar and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the call above the liver of the sin offering he burnt upon the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. Wow. That's heavy duty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a big hoopla is what they call that down here in the south. Big hoopla. Hoopla. So we have seven days of consecration, right? And now all of a sudden, if we go into this chapter, it says that it came to pass on the eighth day. The eighth day. So the eighth day, it means new beginnings. Eight means new beginnings. 
and of course, what took place was Aaron and his sons offered up offerings for themselves and the people. And who drew near and stood before the Lord? So it was Aaron and his sons. Uh, they offered up offerings for themselves and the people. And then the people that came and stood before the congregation, or before the Lord, I'm sorry, was all the congregation. It's so everybody came. You think about the eastern entrance of the gate. Yeah. was packed out. Oh, the whole people. Standing room only. The whole crew. So that's interesting. Um, in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 7, it says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people. And offer the offering of the people and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded. Amen. So the priest is not above reproach. Nope. He's got to be accountable. He has to have a sin offering. And then, of course, that's for the people and also a burnt offering for the priest and the people as well. And it's to make an atonement for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atonement part of it would have actually been the sin offering. So that's what we're saying. So uh, why did Aaron lift up his hand towards the people? So he lifted up his hand towards the people to bless them. Right. So Very good. To bless them. So imagine that's like what we do today when we bless the children yeah, or we're blessing people. Your hands, we, right. you know, uh, it's an act of service. So lift, lift up holy so 3, hands. So 3,500 years ago, they were still doing that. You lift know, they, up holy hands. Yep. Um, I actually wrote a song about that. Lifting up holy hands. Yeah. Uh, as we get into Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, uh, it says, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine that being a, a, a pretty awesome sight, right? So the glory of the Lord comes down and you're just there because you're like, hey, look, this is, this is, hey, we're all supposed to be here. Moses told us we got to come to the door of the tabernacle. And if you've never seen anything like that, because you're the, this is the, uh, the next generation, right, getting ready to do all these things. Boom. And, of course, the burnt offering is totally consumed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talk about that. As you get into the Old Testament, it's a fascinating study to find out when you find different sacrifices throughout the Old Testament, what sacrifice were they doing? Yeah. Was it the burnt offering? Was it a meal offering or a grain offering? Was it a peace offering, a sin offering, or a trespass offering. Yeah. It'll tell you the, the Hebrew word in there. Very interesting. Now, that's amazing that the burnt offering is totally consumed. Fire comes down from heaven. Yeah. You know, because the altar shows ownership. You know, I try to tell everyone uh, in regards to, you know, the, the devil just trying to mess everything up that Yahweh has. So once you learn the real deal, you know, and you start doing it, the, the you know, the, the demonic hosts want to come and just distort and, and, and amplify things and, and, and do things that uh, that God does not command or right, permit. Right, Just like, you know, when they had to put up all these different altars throughout the land for the occult, often of sacrifices to demons. Right. See, uh, of course, we know that um, their main point of contention is that, hey, we got to stop them from offering up, you know, sacrifices to Yahweh. Let's get them put a bunch of altars up and just start, you know, offering right. up to the different gods. Right. So it's really not that the demons want to be glorified or they want to um, receive all this power. Really and truly, Ryan, all they want to do is take you away from Yahweh. Remember that. The, the enemy's number one job is to take you away from Distraction. Yahweh. To, to make you uh, bitter, mm, resentful towards yeah, Yahweh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then agree. they got you. Uh, the devil doesn't care about worshipers. Mm. I mean, he, he really doesn't. Really? As a matter of fact, his greatest lie is that he doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? That's true. So you got to remember now, he's in competition with Yahweh, but Yahweh's got him like on a on a chain. Yeah. Like, like a guard dog, a junkyard dog. Oh, yeah. And uh, so what, what he does is he can use him to chastise or to use him and pull him back, let him go, pull him back. Gotcha. So he's in control. I see. But God's created this incredible mystery, you know, that we try to understand that, you know, he created us and, and we have free choice. And so when and we look at the five sacrifices, uh, you're really ahead of the game when you understand what's going on here because you're, you're, you're understanding spiritual laws, you know, and we just throw everything out like, well, we don't do sacrifices anymore, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But you're missing the principles yeah, because they're applicable for yourself and for Yahweh. So that's why these five sacrifices are so important. Once again, you know, the, the, the total burnt offering is, is you being totally consumed. Sure. Yeshua giving his whole life. 
the meal offering or the grain offering goes with the burnt offering. It's like serving, but it's unleavened. And you don't get to partake of it. And it's voluntary. It's voluntary. Both of those are voluntary, burnt and, and, and grain offering. But the third one is the peace offering, which is the one that you can partake of. You know, it's interesting. If you go back and look at the story of the golden calf, they did burnt offerings, which were totally consumed. And then they had their barbecue. Right. They had the peace offerings that they could eat from. See? Yeah, yeah. So you got to understand what's going on here, what's playing out. You know, give to God what is God's. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. You know, this all comes into play. And so once you understand that, then, of course, a sin offering and then a trespass. Offering a trespass offering is one that you can give restitution for. A sin offering you can't make restitution for. So that's the difference between those two. Uh, the difference between a guilt offering or, or the sin offering and the trespass offering is that. Right. So we're having this this being played out right now. So so what is it going to take for us to truly experience the glory of God corporately today? Oh well, um, I would say that just like they consecrated themselves and they consecrated the congregation and set it apart and the glory of the Lord came, I think that we need to be set apart to God. And then follow we, his commands. And then we can right. experience the glory of God. Well, right. follow his instructions. Look, I mean, I the think... The protocol. Yeah, I, look, I Don't think... Don't skip the protocol. I think that that's part of it. I think the bigger piece of it is the part of having a sacrifice, right? Having Yeshua. Um, because with the testimony of Yeshua, then you kind of uh, have put all of that stuff into place. The protocol has been completed, right. right? And then now you have access. But the problem is, is I think people either do it in a nonchalant type of way. So they're either like, oh, I'll just waltz in there and right, yeah. you know, do whatever I want. Yeah. Or they feel like God is so far away that they can't approach them, right? So they they limit themselves on one side right. and the other. Right. And I think that there's probably a, a happy medium in there where right. <clears throat> you know, hey, I can go and I can access the throne of God, and I can pray directly to Him. I can have relationship and communion with the Father, but at the same time, you're not doing that and taking that lightly, right? Because that's what they talk about communion. And Paul right. talks about that, you know, taking communion unworthily. Right. That you you do these things in a manner that is uh, not dignified, right, or not up to par with what you're doing. Right. You know, um, it doesn't. I don't want to say because protocol sounds like you know. God's unavailable unless you do this and this. Yeah, I and just this. use protocol, meaning like steps that God yeah, of creates. Course. You of course, know. of course. But yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he can go by the book if he wants. But I, I'm just saying that as you study the Torah, remember the principles. Yes, they say, uh, you know, uh, I guess they talk about uh, what is it? Uh, guidelines and guardrails. Yeah. So anyway, um, I I believe you can receive the glory of God when you're obedient and when you are in right standing, meaning that. You're where you need to be with the Lord, and you dealt with your stuff. And then honest, honest praise uh, brings the glory of God. Amen. Honest now, praise. You can just come here and want His glory, you know, which is which is what we really want. Show us your glory, yeah, your presence. Yep. It, and so with that, you just have to make sure that people are coming on a regular basis. We're all we all are connected, and that we all desire the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you come in here once a month or. It's going to be hard for you to really enter in and say, hey, I really want the glory when you're kind of missing. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. You're like missing. So if we desire something from the Father, then that creates our own personal unity for God because we don't have any ambitions to be doing our own thing or I've got an agenda, you know, just like we have a, a, a service sheet, you know, but we're open to what God wants to do. You know, I've said this before and I'll say it again, you know, I'm not going to share a message unless I'm inspired. Yeah. Well, you know, and in, because then we can just you know wait you know in I'll, I'll tell you what in uh, we're we're not there right now, but in uh, the book of Acts, right, chapter two, verse one, it says, "And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place." And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, right? So the glory of the Lord appears. They were there in obedience to Shavuot. Amen. And they got the bonus package. So they were all in one accord, right? Yes. So in one mind, Unity. in one uni- in unified presence. And so there's a special anointing when we come together corporately. Right. And we're obedient together right. to the things of God. And we're all seeking God, right. you know, in one place, right? That's why, you know, calendar issues within the Hebrew roots can be the most divisive things ever. Because... How can we do anything for the Lord if we can't just get to the same place at the same time? Well, that's true too. Period. End of yeah. story. I mean, we just go. You got to do it together. 
<laughs> you know, and, and it, it's interesting as we go into this next storyline, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, Nadab and Abihu, All right. uh, their sin. Uh, let me go ahead and read that, and then I'll turn it over to Ryan, and we'll discuss the sins of Nadab and Abihu. Because, you know, you're talking about this is like a, a tailgate party, getting ready for the big Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It all comes into effect eighth day, and here we go. Yeah. Not good. Not No, not good. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Mm. Really, the, the actual meaning, he took their breath in the Hebrew. Yeah. He took their breath and he collapsed. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people, I will be glorified, and Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elizaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. Mm. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Eleazar and unto Ithamar, his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest you die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And you shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of of Moses. Wow, yeah. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. And that you may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. And that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. Mm. Wow. So what kind of fire did Nadab and Abihu bring or offer to the Lord? It says strange fire. Uh, Mike so, mentioned foreign fire. Right, foreign, yep. So just a little little uh, precedence here. You know, the, the fire on the altar is what lit everything. Right. Well, because it's the fire of the sacrifice. The altar is a holy fire, fire, and you yeah. take that fire in your fire pans for incense, and right. you light incense in the Holy of Holies. Right. You also light the menorah from the fire from the altar. Right. So supposedly that this fire that they brought was not from the altar. Right. Because the altar is to continually burn with mm -hmm. the wood underneath. So. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they, it says that the Lord had commanded them not, right? So the Lord did not request this offering. That they brought. So, so they this, broke protocol. Right. So this incense offering was not only strange fire, meaning that it wasn't from the altar. Right. But it was also out of order, right? It was it was something that they were not required or asked to do. And and we're not really sure why they did it. Right. You know, it just it's just a piece of and it it look, this is a strange happenstance not a ton of detail there's some inferences that we'll get into later of why you know it's probably the biggest drama in the story of leviticus or the book yeah I, uh yeah yeah there's yeah. really nothing that's as dramatized as yeah that. no not like numbers you get to numbers and you get real drama filled we'll be doing that yeah, yeah. all right so so what happened to aaron's two sons as a result of what they did there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So right. he literally took their breath away. When, right. you, when you study that out in the Hebrew, yep. he took their breath. And, and that he, devoured, it, um, it says it consumed, consumed yeah. right? Or it's the same as eating, right? We were watching this Aleph Beta That's video. That's right. And uh, the word in the Hebrew is used for that as well. And what two things did Moses tell Aaron the Lord would be? Sanctified and glorified. Now, let me just go back to the end of Exodus here, because I want to share something with all of you. Ooh, all right. Just a little nugget here. Okay, this is what I want to share. Uh, and it says right here, it says here in Exodus 40, 33, and he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate so Moses finished the work. So Moses knows what's going on. He knows what's going down. He yeah. knows the protocol. Right. He's setting it all up. Seven days of, of a great 
ordination, consecration, because Leviticus starts with consecration, ends with consecration. Right. And so now we're into Leviticus uh, with Nadab and Abihu. And of course, there we have, uh, you know, their sin. But this is what's happening. And so uh, he's like trying to tell Aaron, listen, we went through all this for seven days. We prepared for this. And now he wasn't sanctified and glorified. So that's what he did. He took your sons. Right. Because they didn't do it. Now, think about this, Ryan. We don't have time to get back into it. But Nadab and Abihu ate with God. Yeah. When the covenant was given of the Torah, the marriage covenant, the Torah, the Mosaic covenant was given. It says that God appeared to them and ate with them. Nadab and Abihu was among them. Yeah. So they were privy to some incredible things. You know, um, these types of stories, you know, I I don't want to say they frustrate me, but I, I, I find them troubling because any of us can be made an example of. Like? Like Ananias and Sapphira. Right. right. Any of us can be made an example of. They just of, lied against the Holy Spirit. Right, which is not good. I also There's think a lot of, of lying going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also think about Aaron's sin with the golden calf. And what Aaron said about the fire of the golden calf is he said, hey, I just threw this gold in the yeah. fire and it magically turned something, into... Uh, something's not right here. Something's you know right. Aaron is the middle child. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. those of you that are listening, the middle child, <laughs> you like to get in trouble because you're not the oldest, yeah. you're not the youngest, uh-huh. you're a little mischievous person. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. We all have our little middle child in our families. But you ever think about that, how, how uh, the sin from Aaron with the golden calf had to do with fire, and then his sons bring this strange fire yeah. in, and then they're, they're killed, right? Uh, like that. So it, it's almost like a sin of the father tied in there a little bit. Um, interesting little connections, you know, and again, I don't know if I can make all the... Well, the golden the... calf is, you know, they, they, they started in idolatry and ended up in sexual immorality. Correct. Now, Baal Peor, at the end of Numbers, basically, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They're so close. Right, I know. At Baal Peor. Oh, that they committed sexual immorality, and that turned into idolatry. Correct. So, if you if you even check out, uh, I guess I could just read this. It's about a little roll here. I'll just read this in the New Testament. I, I got this from one of my pastor friends. Uh, Pastor Daniel Stahl was was sharing this with me uh, in Colossians. Um, and I want to read the verse because I thought it was very good. Because you know that uh, the Gentiles were coming out of idolatry, sexual oh, yeah. immorality, temple prostitutes, oh, yeah. all these crazy things. Check out this verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence uh, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Wow. Mm. That's it. I mean, so, you know, like I said, yeah, so I'm just saying that uncleanness is one of the 17 works of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Yeah. So in order to understand uncleanness, you have to actually go back to the Old Testament. Yeah. So when I was reading chapter 10 and I was reading about Nadab and Abihu, I got the sense that this happens to Nadab and Abihu, right? And again, they've had this big seven-day party, right? And I say party, this consecration process, oh, very yeah. holy process. Ordination. A um, lot of pomp and circumstance involved. And then this happens, right? Yeah. And this definitely puts a damper on everybody's mood, I would say. Right. And I think that it was used as an example to show everyone that, look, that we're not playing around. This is not a joking yeah. matter. This is He wasn't sanctified and glorified. Right. And, um, but you get the sense that everybody's like scared to move, right? Everybody's on eggshells all of a sudden. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up now and end up like Nadab and Abihu. And so, um, Aaron has, uh, and Moses have, uh, Michelle and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron carried Nadab and Abihu out of the camp. So they go in and they get them on the clothing or the, like a rug or whatever. And they take them and they carry them outside of the tabernacle and then all the way out of the camp. And when the priests enter the tabernacle, um, wine and strong drink are forbidden. So, boom, we have this whole story of Nadab and Abihu, right? Eight verses. And then all of a sudden, do not drink wine nor strong drink. This is verse nine. Thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. So, so they're inebriated. Well, they weren't in the right sense. It definitely seems like you could put these two things together. Strange fire. Yeah. Don't drink alcohol before you serve. Right. Don't go into the tabernacle drunk. It's just not a good idea. Yeah, don't yeah, have your right mind. Correct. So, but it definitely lets you 
kind of in on maybe it doesn't say hey they were drunk when they went in right so i want to make that clear but because there's this instruction right after all of this seems like it'd be appropriate it definitely seems like scripture interpret scripture yeah any priest that disobeyed the lord's command would die so taking uh this job was (laughs) i don't want to say you you should get hazard pay right but it definitely was something that you had to do things the proper way it needed to be done that way. Be- well, the Levites were supposed to teach the Torah. Correct. This is a higher level. They're put to a higher yeah, standard. They are. And because they're held to a higher standard, um, you know, they they were held to a higher standard. There was more accountability, right? And the accountability was a bit harsher. And, um, and it says here in verses 10 and 11, And that ye may put a difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them, by the hand of Moses. So, like you said, right, they were in charge of teaching the instructions to the people, and so they had to be above reproach. And right. I think this whole shakeup was to show them, look, I'm not playing around. You need to be above right. reproach. We're not going to do this willy-nilly. Uh, I'm serious about this. And that was the message I think God uh, was sending. And so, um, moving on a little bit here, um, we get into now the sin of Eliezer and Ithamar, and it uh, it talks a little bit about um, how they messed up while they were trying to fix this whole process. Did you talk about those two bullet points? I'm getting there right now, yeah, absolutely. Oh. So it says, Aaron and his sons got to eat the meat offering. Uh, Which is the grain offering. Right. And the wave breast and the heave shoulder could be eaten by the priests from the priest offering, or from good, the good uh, peace offering, sorry. Right. So there's a distinction there about the offerings and what the priest can eat, what he can't eat, and what's going on. Right. Because the priest is not going to eat from the burnt offering. No. But they can keep the skin. Correct. Yeah. Right. So And, and obviously this, these offerings that were brought was part of how the Lord took care of the Levites. Right. And so getting into the sin of uh, Eliezer and Ithamar, which are the, uh, the other two sons of Aaron, uh, now that Nadab and Abihu have uh, been taken— it says, why was Moses angry with Eliezer and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron? They let the sin offering turn into a burnt offering, did not apply the blood as atonement for the people, and did not eat it in the holy place. Right. So the so sacrifice that they designated to be a sin offering, right. they made it into a burnt offering right. because, you know, you can well, share about that. Well, no, I think, that the, like I said, I think there's this mood now where everybody's kind of freaked out. Yeah, I'm not ready for a meal. So they're like, I'm putting this on here. My share, yeah. And they just left it there. So instead of then taking it, you know, cutting it up, eating it in the holy place, and doing their their portion of it, I think they were afraid to take part in it. And so who gave Moses a good explanation for what the priests, the two priests had done? Uh, Aaron, the father. Do you want to read uh, Leviticus ten nineteen? Sure. So Aaron explains to Moses why he did what he did. Yeah, it says here, And Aaron said unto Moses, Behold, this day have they, they offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard that, he was content. He just let it be consumed. Yeah, he's like, you know what? We're just going give, to give it to the Lord. Amen. All right, so... I mean, I'm, 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 that's some it's pretty rough. Yeah, that's, that's, rough. that's on the way to God. Remember, chapters 1 through 17 in Leviticus is the way to God. Yeah. They didn't make their way. Well, not everybody makes it. Yeah. Well, you know, the Lord says, right, narrow is the gate, right? And few find it. And right. then there's the big broad way over here to, right. to destruction. And apparently a lot of people find that one. So there's going to be people on the left and the right that don't, don't make it. But we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Yeah, it's kind of interesting now that we have all the five sacrifices completed and taken care of. This incredible consecration for a week and the eighth day, what happened to Nadab and Abihu. Now we're going to be getting some instructions on clean and unclean animals. And Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter 11, verses 1 through 12. Believe it or not, God tells us what to eat and what not to eat. And this can be a touchy subject for some folks. And even scientifically speaking here, you know, they've proven you really shouldn't be eating these things. I'm happy with God said. I know. Yeah, I'm happy with know. that part. But I get it. You know, let's just read it, and then we'll, we'll discuss. We will. That's right. It says here, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parteth the hoof, and is cloven-footed, 
and cheweth the cud among the beast, that shall ye eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof. As the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the coney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the swine, though he divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of their flesh shall ye not eat, and their carcass shall ye not touch, they are unclean to you. These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas, and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and the rivers, of all that move in the waters, and of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. They shall be even an abomination unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, but ye shall have their carcasses in abomination. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination unto you. So did the Lord tell the children of Israel what they could and could not Eat. Oh, yeah. Very good. Uh, what were the three requirements needed to eat a beast of the earth? All right. So it's three things. Parteth the hoof, cloven-footed, choose the cud. So I think part of the hoof and, cho- and cloven-footed is kind of the very similar. Set of them. Yeah. And, uh, and choose the cud there. So that's the requirements. Yep. So you got to figure out what animals do that. Yeah. So <laughs> the following should not be eaten. In Leviticus chapter 11, verses 4 through 7, mm-hmm. uh, the camel, the coney, the hare, or swine. Right. Uh, and, of course, you cannot touch the carcass of an unclean animal, Leviticus eleven eight. So that right. makes you unclean. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a principle there. Uh, and it's a commandment. Yeah. Don't touch, you know, roadkill. What's a coney? I'm not really sure. Yeah, it says something about like a rock hyrax or a rock badger. Interesting. But badgers don't have cloven hooves, so well, I'm at a loss there. Well, it's it's designated an animal. Don't eat it. So Yeah, don't eat that whatever one. Whatever that is. Whatever so I don't even is. know what a coney is, so I think I'm safe. You know, now, now <laughs> so once again, part of the hoof, cloven-footed, choose the cut. So let's get some examples of what you can eat, Ryan. What do you think in that regard? Buffalo burgers. You can. Cow. Right? Okay. So beef. Beef is Angus. good. Angus. Yeah. Mm. Deer. Deer, uh, lamb, sheep, goat. Lamb, sheep, goats. Yep. You can eat all that. Goat's got a little bite to it, a little taste to it. It does. So does lamb a little I've bit. I've had some, uh, I think the Jamaicans like goat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Um, the uh, one thing about these animals that I've noticed that I found uh, just from doing livestock, you know, having livestock that's a little frustrating is that these have, you know, one, two, maybe three babies at the most when they when they um, get, you know, pregnant and they have a baby. Whereas, like, say a pig. I have, like, nine babies, right? Wow. Rabbits. You know, nine, 10, 11, 12 well, babies. That's right. They're breeding like rabbits. <laughs> and so they just, they multiply so much quicker. And so, but God is more of a slower process, you know? He, um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that I can understand. Maybe that's food for the clean animals. Maybe. You can't eat a dog. No. No, eat, and dogs have a decent number of you, puppies in their litter. You you can't eat cat. No, and they have a decent number of kittens in their That's litter. That's right. You can't eat cat or dog. Yeah, no no cat or no dog. No bat. What about we didn't, Well, that'll be later. But yeah. bats are mammals. Yeah, they are. They're the only mammal that can fly. Yeah. A little trivia there. A little weird, weird animals. So anyway, we're moving on, folks. <laughs> what two requirements were needed for the children of Israel to eat something from the water? Yeah, fins and scales. Fins and scales. All right. So there goes the octopus. So like when you no see those octopus. videos of people pouring the stuff in the octopus, legs like, and then they're like, no, don't do it. No, don't do it, folks. Well, plus, you know, you get sprayed with ink. You could mess up your blouse. They like to shoot out the... Yeah, I know. I got gotcha. you. I just, just thought you were with I find the whole thing a little strange. They call it calamari? I did used to eat calamari back in the day. You it's know? a little rubbery. It is. It is. That's... Yeah. Uh, when you think about it, you're like, you know what? I really squid. shouldn't eat that. Can't have squid. Can't have catfish. Uh, it doesn't have scales. No scales on a catfish. That's right. So it has the, fins, but no scales. No scales. You can have flounder. Yep. You can have... Tuna. 
I looked tuna. it up. Tuna. Every every single uh, what do they say species of tuna because there's multiple species of tuna, yellowfin, all that stuff. There's uh, has fins. So I found that out. And scales. Because there's some controversy over it because you can't necessarily see the 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 scales on oh. um on them on all the tuna. That's interesting. But they're definitely there. Um, sardines are okay. Um, you know, red snapper, salmon is grouper. okay. Yep, grouper. Yeah, yeah. Can't have dolphin. Mahi mahi. You can have mahi. Really? Yes. Interesting. Even though they call it dolphin, it's not really dolphin. Dolphin. Oh, yeah. Can't have shark. No swordfish. No orca. No orca. That's a mammal. No shamu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah None no. of that. That could feed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. What about a whale? Yeah. No. I don't, I don't, no. Yeah. It has fins. But no scales. That's true. You know, um, and I, you know, it makes you wonder too, because you know that's a that's a healthy big animal that you could could go for a lot of use. You know, but uh, but no, you can't eat it. What an interesting topic that we're on right now. Well, I I don't think you know it, people want say you know hey I'm devoted to the Lord and all this and and people are very resistant to this topic right especially people that like from the South that like barbecue. You can take away my baby back ribs or my pulled pork sandwich, or if like your what about like say, the French Quarter, Louisiana? You oh yeah, anything? is there anything crawfish? There? It's like the Elvis movie, crawfish, lobster, <laughs> uh, crab. A movie named after. Can't have any of that stuff, and wow. you know shrimp. Um, you know it, it's funny too because like I used to eat the heck out of shrimp, and then here in Tampa, like most people haven't heard of what they call devil crab. Like if you're from other places, <sighs> devil crab, devil crab is good. a specific to I Tampa thing. Yeah. T- t- turkey cuban now you can have a turkey cuban yeah instead of a regular cuban yeah as long as the cuban bread isn't made with uh what is it lard lard yeah so it's and that's the thing man like once you get into this you find out how much stuff they put pork in like i found out that there's like some brands of like chips that like the cheese enzyme that like the powdered cheese it's got this enzyme called porcine in it and it's porcine kind of write that down and do a little little class on that that'd be a good Uh, class with the dietary laws marshmallows gummy bears what the heck? Gummy bears, gummy worms. Like, I don't mean to, like, mess up everybody's world. Like, if you're listening to this. Because you're coming with a gelatin. It's you're right. Just the gelatin is made out of pork. Yeah, we have to do some some research no, no, no. on that. Let me really mess this up for you. You know how they make gelatin in general? They take all, like, the weird stuff from the pig, right? So the snout, like, uh, tendons and ligaments, and they make it into a puree, and then they superheat it, right? And it turns into, like, this elastic material that's like, kind of clear, and that's gelatin. But not all gelatin's unclean. Well, they have kosher gelatin, which is usually right. made out of fish. We want to clarify that. Yeah, most of the right. time that's... Uh, Don't be scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. But if it just says gelatin, it's pork gelatin. Interesting. If it doesn't say it's kosher gelatin, because they'll... Like, like when you take pills. Wow, you know, you're right? really going out on a limb here. Vitamins right? and stuff. You're really going out on a limb. You know the shells right that they put on those vitamins? Yes. Yeah, gelatin. Oh, thank you. We, so now they have, you'll see things that say veggie caps. You'll see like um, vitamins and stuff. It's getting a lot more popular that right. people want the veggie caps. So if, if, it, if it tells you it's a veggie cap, then you're safe. Then you're safe. If it but doesn't say veggie should, cap. You might want to just. It's re- not a re- veggie cap. Re- <laughs> so listen, we talked about the beasts of the earth. We talked about the. Why the gummy bears though? We talked about. You know, I mean, of all the things. I remember when this from first. The water. When I first found out about this. I remember. Um. I was somewhere and they had in, oh, it was uh, one of my vendors for work and they had this big bucket of gummy bears that everybody in the office would just come around and just take a handful of gummy bears. You know what I mean? And it was just like the thought of the, it's okay. I I just you didn't bring up Skittles is okay. They just have like die. Skittles. Yeah. Red number five, yellow. So we talked about the beasts of the earth. We talked about the things that are in the water, but what about (laughs) the things that can fly? Well, there's there's a whole list of things that you can't have, and I will read the list to you. Uh, it's among the fowls, among among the birds, something's going afoul here. <laughs> yes, the eagle. So no eagles, no osprey, no vultures. We got ospreys here in Florida. No ravens, no owls. Hoo, hoo. No swan, no pelican. You know, I've always wanted like. I'm so disappointed that I can't eat pelican. I've always wanted to eat a pelican. Said nobody. Interesting. <laughs> the stork. We wouldn't have babies if you were eating storks. This is true. Right? No storks. And the bat, which, because of COVID, is a very interesting topic. They're saying that because of bat soup. Soup. That's what spread the COVID-19. 
Yeah. From animal to man. They say that the bats actually, it wasn't the bat soup, they said it actually spread it to other meats. You know, there's a verse in Revelation, I, I, got, I need to find it, but it talks about the beasts of the earth are going to turn against man. So it's almost like nature is going to come against us. Wouldn't that be weird? You know, and, and that's not a good thing. You know, as we move on here in Leviticus chapter 11, verses 21 through 22. This is the part I like um, to skip. But so you know. could have quail, yeah. pigeons, yep. doves. Chicken. Chicken. Yeah. But um, no eagles, ospreys, vultures, ravens, owls, swans, pelicans, storks, or bats. Uh, here we go. Let's get into the insects now. Leviticus chapter 11, verses 21 and 22. Yet these may you eat of every flying, creeping thing that goeth upon all four which have legs above their feet to leap withal upon the earth, even these of them you may eat. The locust after his kind, and the bald locust after his kind, and the beetle after his kind, and the grasshopper after his kind. So, the debate is, did John the Baptist eat locusts? Some say that that word in the Greek is supposed to be carob. Right, the locust tree. The, the locust tree. Yeah. So something to think about. And it would about. make sense if he was eating Either way. Carob He's going to get honey. protein. Now, said any yeah. honey. If you, if you look it up, it's public records, just go on Yahoo, Google it, whatever, that the, uh, the locust swarms are being turned into food in Africa. And they're making like this paste and it's full of protein. Mm. And they're catching these locusts in bags. I just like to put that on a little bread, you know? I don't know. A little, little locust spread. That's not Nutella. <laughs> 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 I don't know. You know, it, it, so I want to make it clear here, right? So these are um, uh, flying, creeping things, right? Like a hop. Right? Flying, creeping things. And then it says, which have legs above their feet. Now, I don't know of anything that doesn't have legs above their feet. So I'm thinking that this is... Something where the legs come up above their bodies in some way, shape, or form. It's kind of like, remember a bug's life? I do remember All those little life. grasshoppers and locusts. Right, but, but you know how like the legs of a grasshopper come above of its body? Yeah. So I'm thinking that it, it, it's got that type of a leg. Because then it also it talks jump. about beetles. But locusts can fly. But it talks about beetles. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. I don't, either, I don't, I don't know of anything that doesn't I know have, beetles are sacred to the Egyptians. Well, the, was a scarab? Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's the, one of the symbols for journey. Of the rock band. <laughs> really, it's a scarab. But I don't know of anything that doesn't have legs above its feet. So that's why I'm trying to make a distinction there. I, 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 your I, legs are above I, your feet. Last time I checked. My legs are above my feet. I see what you're saying. Right? So Maybe it's worth it's that That's part. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It has, it has to be that maybe where it comes up and down or whatever. Anyway. For uh, the hopping we'll purpose. We'll see. Bing. I know there's a, uh, the candy barrel in the mall. They have little boxes of... Uh, roasted locusts that you can buy have you ever had any i don't i don't think i've done that yet we should do that one time for these guys just, think? just to have fun just to, i'll watch you we'll we'll all watch you eat it and just see how that goes i don't know <laughs> i better make sure i do the right thing huh? <laughs> let's continue on in our uh, dietary laws we lose nate having a bee who and now we can eat grasshoppers <laughs> boy it's really so exciting right now <laughs> uh. you, know, you see those survival stories though in these shows they go out and they catch these grasshoppers and they, yeah. they put them on a skewer and they just put them over a fire and they just eat them. You know, Matthew Sprunt put me onto this place where you can actually buy like a quarter cow. You know, so it's it's it works out to be a lot cheaper if you buy a large amount. You know, you go to the grocery store and try to get a ribeye. You're Interesting. talking 15 bucks a, a pound or 13 bucks a pound. Oh, you get more for your money. Yeah, you get the whole thing for the same price per pound, right? right. So you're talking three three dollars a pound or whatever. So it works out works out pretty well, and you get like a lot. So I got a whole freezer empty, ready to go. Yes, for meat. So my point in saying that is just that the reason I'm going to watch you eat the grasshoppers because I'm going to have plenty of beef ready to go. I got you. I just I don't understand. need it. It's it, it's not That's that I wouldn't. True. You know what I mean? But I would just rather watch you and let you enjoy. You know, I am it. looking for some snack alternatives. <laughs> I just want to. You know, I want to be generous. Oh, you have a granola bar? <laughs> would you like some? Uh, would you like some roasted locusts? <laughs> a box of them right here. Crickets. Oh, <laughs> see what I did there. I don't hear crickets. <laughs> well, maybe we do. Lord help us, right? All right. So a person was unclean after touching an unclean carcass until evening. So let's say that you know you're just walking down the road and poof, you trip and you fall and. You put your hand on a dead carcass of an animal. You're just unclean until evening, right? Right. You had the ability to then wash yourself, right? And then now you're clean. 
All right. And the person who touched the unclean thing would wash their clothes, right? Ceremonial part of the law here. It's not going to hurt. Uh, but it's I do also, laundry. you know, I do laundry. If you got it on your clothes, you might want to yeah, wash that's it. That's true. Right? It's a ceremony. It's the following should not be eaten that creeps upon the earth. Ah, the creeping things. The locusts were a little party by themselves. The weasel. Oh, yeah. They're in our government. I've never thought. <laughs> I'm not going to eat all that. You weasel. The mouse. Oh, forget Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, boys and girls. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you can't eat me. The tortoise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The tortoise. Yeah. Soft shell, right? You know, Ooh, down the here. Ferret, in the ferret, the yeah. lizard, the snail, and the mole. Yeah. I, um. Lizards are just little dinosaurs. My cat eats lizards. I have an outside cat. Actually, one that we, we saved from name? underneath here. His name is Charcoal. Charcoal. Right. And so we saved him from under the modular back here. That's right. Remember? Feral cat got a home. Yeah. And he's not so feral anymore. He's a big, big teddy bear. I say big teddy bear. He's, he's just soft and he loves to come sit in your lap. And really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, look at he that. That's great. See, there's hope for even the But adults. the kids, I don't want to say they're traumatized, but they're like, you know, we're in Florida and we have lizards everywhere. Yeah. And um, these little, like, you know, little lizards, they come in different shades, you know, oh, green, yeah. brown. There's, there's uh, different versions. Yeah. Chameleons. Yeah, 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 but no, but for the most part, there's the same type of green lizard that just comes in different colors. And uh, but the cat will like catch them, and then they were talking about how like it'll take its little claw and kill it, you know, or whatever, and then just bite its head off and eat it. And they're like, it's uh, it's like its eyeballs and its brain too. And I'm like, you know, so I'm, if you're gonna eat a lizard, you gotta eat the eyeballs and the brain, I guess. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. or just don't do it. That's terrible. You know, that's nature. All right, so chapter eleven, verse forty-four. We're coming near the end here. It says, "For I am the Lord your God." Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So he's saying if you eat the right things, you're sanctifying yourself. You're making a distinction. Right. So That's pretty cool. So I like that because you're making your way to God. So think about it. Right. If you're just going to, I'm going to eat whatever I want, well, then you're not making your way to God. Because God is basically saying, I'm mm-hmm. going to show you what to eat, what not to eat, and then you can make your way. I would say that when you get to the, the dietary commands and you start being obedient in that area of your life and you give over what you eat to the Lord, you say, Lord, you're in charge, and you give it over to the Lord. I would venture to say that this is like, that's like Christianity 2.0. You've stepped right. it up to the next level. You're like, that's you right. know what? Not only am I giving you my heart and my soul, but I am now going to give you over other pieces of my life. Right. Right. And you are what you eat. That's and, scary. Yeah. So did the Lord want to make a difference between what was unclean and what was clean? Yes. Matter of fact, there's a nice cross reference here in Ezekiel. Oh, yes. The Ezekiel cross reference. Ezekiel cross reference. So we're all called to be priests, pretty much. I mean, a nation of priests. And so as I look in Ezekiel, it says in Ezekiel 44, verse 23, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. That's right. So there's a distinction. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'd be remiss when we go over the dietary commands if we did not mention some of the confusion that the New Testament has brought on, or well, that people a little bit of time misinterpreting the New Testament. This is true. Right? It's not the New true. Testament does not confuse. Well, let me just say one thing, and then yes, you, you can you can please. interject here. I just want to say this: if the Father in heaven, mm. our Father, Amen. has told us specifically what to eat, what not to eat, that's not some religious principle. That's what He's telling you as a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. Okay, don't eat these things, but eat these things. Now, if God has a Son, which is Yeshua HaMashiach, we believe he has a son. He begets a son. The son is not going to come and usurp the father and say, well, let's just disregard that. No, for sure. You can just bless it, pray in my name, and now you get to eat it because you're not under the law anymore. We're missing the principle. So interject, Ryan, what you want about Peter in the sheet. All right. So well, it's not necessarily just about Peter. So I'm going to actually talk about first in Colossians. Paul's writing a letter. Gotcha. To the people at Colossia. Yeah. And the people of Colossia, right? This is in Asia Minor. This is a Greek Roman area, uh, a pagan idolatrous group of folks. Colossia. Yeah, that have come over from that and they're leaving behind pagan idolatry and they're coming into 
the faith, the way, right? Um, at that point, Christianity, so to speak, was very in its infant stages. Right. And uh, the first century church uh, looked a lot more like a bunch of Jewish people, right? Um, with the knowledge of Messiah rather than a bunch of pagan idolatrous people. Right. With the knowledge, he went of right into the nations. Right, exactly right. So, he taught. He, you know, in the same stretch where he talks about he's blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which is contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. So, talking about, hey, you broke the law, you're in sin, right? And Jesus going upon the cross, upon the cross, he nailed onto the cross right. the charges that were being brought against right, you. Right, the charges. The charges being brought against That's you, right? right? So in that same thing, so there's within two verses, right, there's things that get taken out of context. But right here he says this, and I've heard these verses taken out of context a lot, and so I just want to clarify. If we put it in context, he's talking to a pagan group who is now doing things like the feast days and the Sabbath and eating clean and all that. And this is what he says. He says, let no man therefore judge you in meat, right, food, or in drink, or in respect to a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body or the substance is of Christ, Right. right. So the substance of the feast days and the Sabbath is right. is Yeshua. The shadow has an image. Wait a second. Is that two guitars over there? <laughs> <laughs> right. But my the point being that when we do these things, we're performing the shadow, the reflection of Yeshua, because the substance of it itself, the real deal, is Yeshua. So when you take it that way, we're not talking about something that's done away in the past. We're talking about something, and then we're talking about a group of people that were starting to do the Sabbath and the feast days, and the people around them were like, what are you doing that for? What are you, Jewish now? Right. Man, do I know how that feels. And so when I read this verse, all of a sudden it has new meaning to me because I live this. I live the life where people around me are in a pagan idolatrous nation, and they're looking at me, eating clean, keeping the feast and the Sabbath. And they're and like, you believe it. why do you do that? You know you don't have to do that, right? And you believe it. Like, Say, yeah, I don't have to. I get to. That's exactly And you right. can do whatever you want. That's exactly right. So, moving on, Peter has a vision, right? And one of the big deals about this vision, he sees this, this, um, this, this sheet come down from heaven. It's filled with all types of unclean animals, right? So, uh, you know, hippopotamus, elephant, uh, swine, knows, you yeah. know, all kinds of stuff, right? And God tells him, hey, Peter, kill, eat. And he says, oh, God forbid, I would never do so. I haven't put anything unclean in my mouth since of my ch- childbirth, That's right? right. Or since I was born. You know, so he's, you know, uh, he's shocked by the, the command that God is giving him. Right. right? And of course, this is a vision that he's having. Right. Okay. Because God's proven a lesson here. Well, and God is setting and him up. And a point. He's proven a point. God is setting him up. Because in the context of the story, there's a Roman that's coming yeah, you know. to beckon him. Yeah, we're not supposed to eat those things. Exactly right. So he's coming to beckon him. And so um, here in verse 28, it says, And he said to them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one another, uh, one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So in context, we're not talking about food. God is using a picture uh, to show Peter that the people that he's going to go to That's and right. speak with are not unclean. That's good. And then it says in verse 34, and I'm going to read this. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So the point is, if you look like a believer, you talk like a believer, you act like a believer, right? And in your heart, you're a believer. Then God has taken your uncleanness and made it cleanness. He's taken your uncircumcision, as Paul talks about right. it, and turned it into circumcision. And in Romans, he even says, hey, those of the uncircumcision who keep the law, right, right, and don't even know the law like you people That's of the right. circumcision, right. they will sit in judgment of you who know the law but don't keep it. And that was taboo for the Jews to have right. anything to do with the Gentiles. Right. Totally taboo. And he sends the Apostle Paul to those Gentiles. My, He's the house of Benjamin. My overall point, and if I had to tell anybody, like, I, I kind of figured out, if I want to talk to somebody about the relevance of Torah and the relevance of the dietary laws to a believer, I usually like to do it with 
the long drawn out, look at the joy piece, right? I want to bring the positive message. You know, look at Psalm 19, how David talks about how right. sweet the commandments are, sweeter than honey, right? That yeah. uh, how great they are, you know? Or so great, then all of a sudden it's bad. Right, or it's yeah. bondage now, right? Oh, yeah. mm, no, I don't think that no. sin is bondage, right? But if I have to give somebody like the quick and dirty, right? The quick and dirty answer. Then I'd look at two, I'd look at two scriptures. The first one I look at is in uh, James, right? First, I think it's James, where he says, hey, Sin, right, is the transgression of the law. Right? First John three four. First John three four. There you go. First John three four. Not James. John. James and John. Well, Jason. Sons of thunder. You know. You know? Um, There's Dryron and Jake. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, but he says that uh, those who tr- who commit sin also transgress the law right. because sin is the transgression right. of the law. That's what Torah does. It gives you teachings and instructions, and it shows you what sin is. Right. And so, so when Paul is with. going through his dissertation on our Christian freedom and how the point is the heart has to be in the right place to keep the commandment rather than just keeping the commandment and your heart not being in the right place. Right. Because there's no point keeping the command if your heart's not in the right place. Right. Right? So he's making that point. And he always comes back, and he circles back, and he says, what am I not saying? I'm not saying that you go on sinning. Right. Transgressing the law. Right. God so forbid. I, God forbid. So I take those two pieces, and I say, look, I know for sure that Paul is not a heretic, because Jesus himself says, this is my chosen vessel to take my gospel to the nations. That's right. So we know he's not a heretic. Right. But if he was saying that the Torah was done away with, then he'd be a heretic. Right. So we know he's saying something different. Right. Right. And yeah. so he's not saying that the dietary laws are done away with. What he is saying that there's no point in keeping the dietary laws without Yeshua and without uh, the heart being in the right place. That's right. So. So. Are you got anything? Maybe well, like a little ditty or something? Well, uh, we have the counting of the Omer. Oh, let's count the Omer before the, the ditty. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So. Do I need to explain the Omer? I think I need to explain the Omer first. I mean, yeah, the, just go ahead and explain so, it. And just explain to them how we're coming up with the count the way that it is, because it is a little uh, different. The Omer is the bridge between Passover and Pentecost. Right. right? Shavuot. Between Pesach and Feast Shavuot. Of weeks, yeah. Right. And so the bridge between it, you've all heard Pentecost in the past. Pentecost meaning 50. 50 what? Well, 50 days 50 of the Omer. 50 days. We count up. <laughs> and so you count up from the morrow after the Sabbath, right? So... That being Sunday, right? Because the day of first fruits right. is the first uh, so day of the week. Pesach was from Saturday night to Sunday night, right? A week ago, and so you go to the next Shabbat that evening yes. to begin counting the Omer, and that's our understanding. We're not saying that we're right and everyone's wrong. No, for this sure. This is how we interpret it in that sense. Just like if you were going to go yeah. back in the time of Yeshua, he he rose on the first day of the week. It was Saturday night to Sunday night, and that's first fruits, right? So. Actually, that Pesach or that Passover would have been, you know, earlier in the week, Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday. So that's how you get three days and three nights. If you go back 2,000 years. Right. So, but this year is 2021. Pesach was from Saturday night to Sunday night. Today, it was really hard to figure out. Yeah, year. I mean, the 14th of Nisan, the 15th is Unleavened Bread. So, so what we're doing is we're going to start counting the next week for that Sabbath, that s- Saturday night to Sunday night. And this is why it's now Tuesday. And last night was right. day three, night three, or day three. So the first fruits is always the day after the Sabbath during the week of Unleavened Bread. Right. And then in order to get 50 days to fall on the day after the Sabbath. Which will always be Saturday night. You always have to fall on the day after the Sabbath, right. 50 days later. And in order right. for that to happen, it has to start on a Sunday. And it's seven sevens. Start on a Sunday and end on a Sunday. Right. Because you have seven sevens Perfect. plus one day. Perfect. And so you end up, it Perfect works out. Perfect interpretation. Works and, out. And you know what? The, the Lord will straighten it all out when he gets back. So those 50 days are the 50 days of the Omer. So each day you're commanded to count and to number. This is true. And so what we do is we have, you know, little do color. You want, do you want to just tell them where that reference is? It's in Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23. Yep. 15 and 16. There you go. So 15 and 16 in chapter 23. And if you want us to email you this, yes. Brian at twopraise.net. We've got little. We've got this one, and we've got one that's shaped like a mountain. Um, this is great for the kids. And yes. There's all kinds of options on what you can do to count and number. But counting is what we do when we speak. Numbering right. is what we do when we mark it down. That's right. Right? That's right. And so today just so happens to be the third day of the Omer. All right, let's do it. So we're going to say our little blessing that we say. 
for counting the Omer. Right. It's an easy command. Oh, thank it you, is. Lord. It is easy. For giving us easy command. But you know what it does? It sanctifies us and sets us apart. That's true. So let's do it. All right. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitshenu, B'mitzvotav, V'tivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. Today is three days, which is zero weeks and three days of the counting of the Omer. Ta-da! That's it. We're good. We're good. We counted the Omer. Amen. We're good. Amen. We are good. Are you going to you gotta save more? that? Okay. We're going to... Oh yeah, we're gonna save it. Song is gonna be pushed yes. to next week. We're we're closing in on that hour mark. Let's Ooh, do it. Okay, all right. We're good. All right. Well, then that's it. All that's right. You want to pray? Yeah. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for, thank you for the Omer season, a season of creativity uh, that you've given us to to be fruitful and to enjoy the spring season, Father. And uh, thank you for the lessons that we learned from this Torah portion to not be like Nadab and Abihu. Father, and to be sanctified and set apart in whatever ways you have called us to do so. And so we thank you for these things in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you guys. Have a great week.